And we are live for the 22nd episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. And tonight, I am with Andrew. What's up, y'all? G. What's up? And we have a new co-host. Yes, we have another new co-host because that's what we do here. Max. Max Houghton. And Max, how you doing, man? How you doing tonight? Good. Happy to be here. Well, Max, you know the tradition. Everybody that's every co-host that's on the show for the first time has to give us their least favorite Yankee of all time. So floor is yours. Who is yeah, your least yeah. favorite Yankee? Mine's pretty simple. It's Jacoby Ellsbury. Not only was he the quote unquote replacement for Robinson Cano, but he's just so bad and is just sucking up all this money. Oh no. Yep. That I no, I like it. Max, that was also my least favorite Yankee. We're we're least favorite Yankee brothers. We I both. Just, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's the right choice. I mean, nothing's changed since I said it in March. He's my least favorite Yankee, and he has played in exactly zero innings of baseball at the MLB level since I said that. So, you know what? It, it's pretty fitting. But you liar! Your least favorite Yankee, Sonny Gray. Shut up. Me? Or... No, Luigi. I mean. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna have another least favorite Yankee at the end of the season, right? Gonna- Listen, man, we had a, our live podcast last podcast. You drop an f bomb on Sonny Gray ten seconds in, man. That's hate. That's your least favorite most hated Yankee. Hey, he's moving up the rankings. He's moving up the I'll rankings. I'll back up the Jacoby Ellsbury hate because not only is he quote so bad, he's actually unusably bad. Yes. On he's just. I mean, honestly, though, I. I'm kind of happy he hasn't played this year at all, right? It's kind of benefits all the young guys getting opportunities. But anyways, enough about our least favorite Yankees. This is the midseason review episode. We're going to talk about the first half, give out some grades, talk about our favorite moments. A lot going on in this episode. Um, the Yankees had a great first half, despite still being four and a half back of the Red Sox, who just don't lose games. Um, a 62 and 33 record for the Yankees, second in the AL East, comfortably in a playoff spot, of course, but obviously going to be disappointing if they win, you know, around 100 games and end up in the wild card game. So that's got a lot to work on, the Yankees do. But let's just go through really quick. We're going to give our favorite moment of the first half to start the show before we start uh, handing out letter grades. And uh, I'll start. I'll start. Um, There was a lot of things that I could have said. I mean, we were talking about it before, but man, I just have to go with the brawl. I mean, that, I mean, it was the first big, first big Yankees Red Sox brawl in years. The rivalry was kind of, it wasn't dead, of course, but it was kind of just dormant. Not really, not a lot going on. And man, the two most unlikely candidates to get the rivalry rekindled, Tyler Austin and Joe Kelly, just. Not not the guys you would expect, but it happened. It wasn't, you know, the best like brawl in terms of like actual fight. But I mean it was Not it was far. awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome to Not see. Far. And man, that that was probably my favorite moment from the first half. As as casual as that sounds, I just I had to pick it. So <laughs> Andrew, what was your favorite moment from the first half? I'll tell you, man, I, I was actually watching this entire game. At work, shout out to my work for letting me get away with that. Um, the the last You're game fired. we played in the four game series at Houston, uh, that that was just a, a wild back and forth game of late, ending with Chapman striking out Altuve like a hundred one mile per hour two seamer, just like some disgusting nasty pitch in the stare down. But 
I remember Glaber had a big uh, ground out, I believe it was. That that was probably the most fun game, especially because it was in Houston, where which was a total house of horrors in the playoffs last year, and and it actually clinched the series win. They won three out of four uh, by virtue of that victory. So I think that was my favorite moment of the first half of the season. Agreed. Agreed. That was that whole point. series. That whole series was, you know, was awesome. That whole stretch was. Um, G. End of Ken Giles. <laughs> we we DFA DFA Ken Giles, right? Or sent him to AAA. G. What was your favorite moment from the first half? And G's got a little bit of a controversial one. We'll, we'll talk about this, but G, go ahead. Okay, so I, I'm going to put my unofficial favorite one was from I think just a couple weeks ago. Um, when John Carlos Stanton hit a walk-off home run against the Mariners, but it was just it it's hilarious to me because he hit the ball like he crushed it. It was a laser beam, but he hit the ball and the pitcher immediately just screams an expletive that you can like very clearly hear on camera, which just cracks me up every time. But my my favorite one so far to date is the Brett Gardner RBI triple against the Red Sox, which you know, I mean, you guys told me that it's controversial because they lost, but I just think that for similar reasons to the brawl, you know, like we're starting to get some fire back in the rivalry. Like it just seemed like such a huge moment. And especially when you listen to um, John Sterling's radio call for what was, you know, just a May baseball game. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, he, it was like crazy. Like the place was rocking and it was like a playoff game. Like it was just, it was just a really cool moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously right. You don't really get too caught up about regular season losses, you, but yeah, I, that was, that was an awesome moment. It was, I, I'll, I take back my, my shit talking about that. Max, what's your favorite moment from the so, first half? Mine is as, no one knows. I am probably the biggest Gleyber Torres fan ever. Yes, so I picked his walk-off home run against Cleveland. Kind of a huge breakthrough moment for the young kid. And then watching uh, chat and jump. I don't have to go out and pitch again. Yeah, the the chappy just with his two arms up in the background. And obviously, yeah, the, the connection that uh, Chappie and Glaber have, you know, the fact that they were both involved in that trade a couple years ago. Now they're both just on the same team. It's it's just awesome, man. Just such a great trade. It's re- you don't see a trade a lot work out for both teams as well as it has. You know, the Cubs would have done that again to get that World Series. And, you know, we mm-hmm. have Glaber Torres, who's, man, not the best young – one of the best best 21-year-old baseball player I've seen in a while. Man. I mean, he's going to be rookie of the year when it's all said and done. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But – yeah, so those were our fa- a month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one more time for some appreciation for Araldus Chapman having a knack for being always in just incredibly awesome pictures. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. And also, I mean, you've noticed he's ditched the sleeves lately. It's, you know, it's he's sick of sweating so much. But yeah, so those were our uh, favorite first half moments. Um, now we're gonna get into the. Uh, the grading each Yankee. We're not going to go through every Yankee, but, you know, we picked a decent amount, We mostly the starters, and we're going to start in the bullpen. All right? Yeah, we're going to start uh, with the starters, actually. So let's start off with um, this. You guys heard of this uh, Luis Severino guy? Who's he? Oh, a little um, bit. I think he – I know his brother, Rafi Severino, but huh, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's that exciting young kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, like Severino, like I've said before on the pod, I did not expect him to be better than he was last year. And so far he has been, despite his last two starts, you know, been a little shaky, but, you know, five innings, four runs is, you know, some of the worst starts you're going to get from Severino this year. Then my God, he's in great position. I'd give Severino an A plus so far for the first half. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the Cy Young favorite right now after those two starts. I don't know. I'd have to really crunch the numbers, but man, I, I couldn't imagine him having any better of a first half. No, yeah, I definitely agree with that. You can't give him anything less than an A plus. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for him I noticed this year, I, I love his intensity. He comes up there and he just wants the ball back right away. And he knows what pitch he needs to and wants to throw next that the sign being thrown up by the catcher is almost just, you know, uh, um, G. Oh, yeah, it's hard to disagree. I give the man an A plus. I mean, it really is. They, uh, I don't know. It's like not really a controversial thing here. He's he's just been dominant, and I mean, his last two starts, you know, were his quote unquote maybe worst of the season. He's struggling like a little bit, but it's fine. You know, no one seems to be all that concerned. That he'll, he he won't get back to where he was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Andrew. For the sake of controversy, let's just let's just change it up. I'll give him an A, uh, and and only what? not an A plus <laughs> <laughs> today. It's probably Chris Sale who's the Young and not Severino, uh, which obviously no slight to Severino, just. I feel like I'm giving an A plus. It's going to be to the number one pitcher in the league, and, and just because he's had a couple rough starts of late. But I mean, he's been so phenomenal this year. I mean, there's there's no shame in giving a guy, oh yeah, yeah, an A is a disappointment. I mean, like the guy has just been everything we could have ever imagined this year. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Severino's numbers, by the way, in 20 starts, he's 14 and two, 2.31 ERA, only 97 hits given up in 128 innings. Just just he's had an awesome year. Um, let's go now to the Yankees' number two pitcher, or you know, unofficial number two pitcher, Masahiro Tanaka. Now Tanaka's missed some time. He's only made 15 starts. He's seven and seven with a 4.54 ERA. So really he hasn't had the best season. Um, I'd give it Tanaka. I'd give him a C plus because. Like I want to give him a C, but if you really look at his numbers, like he actually has like a decent whip. And, you know, he's had some really good starts. But, my God, the guy, like, I've never seen a guy give up home runs like he has. Like, he just – it's just such a knack. Like, he'll be having a great start. He'll retire 12 in a row. And then it's walking a two-run homer. It's just, like, almost a given at this point. I, I forget this what this that was of in his last 50 or so starts. Very few starts where he hasn't given up a home run. So, that's why I can't give him – I'll give him a C plus. Uh, okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say solid C. Um, and, I mean, the home runs is really just, like, it's just super annoying. Like, you know, and for I was really excited when he came back and said he was going to opt in after the playoffs because he pitched really well in the playoffs. And, like, Absolutely. who knows, maybe he'll get there and lock it in. But, like, I mean, I can't say that I enjoy, even if he does pitch well in the playoffs, I can't say that I'm, I enjoy watching him go through the season and just get – like banged around and give up home runs all day. Like, you know, he pitched to whatever it was, like a four-something ERA last year. He's pitching to it again this year. Like, already missed time with an – it's like a silly injury. Like, 
you know, I love the guy, but also there's just things about him that make me very aggravated. So solid C, but it's hard to really give him anything else. And by the way, really quick, I said Tanaka was seven seven. He's seven and two. I uh, I'm mistaken. I just wanted to correct myself real quick. Andrew, a grade for Tanaka. Yeah, I'll I'll give him a B. And I know that may seem like it's a bit of a stretch, but um, obviously he has battled um, the injuries. Uh, I, the the one injury that he he got running the bases um, at City Field, but for the most part, he hasn't really let the home runs ruin some of his starts this year. Uh, I know you go back to some starts last year. He's in one two run games and then just gives up a three run bomb and just blows open any chance the Yankees had of winning that game. Um, this year, I mean, he, he only has two losses to his name. Uh, so I'll, I don't know the exact number, but I'm willing to bet that probably 75 to 80% of his home runs are solo home runs. Um, it, he's done a good job containing damage. So, the, you know, every starter is going to have a couple messy starts here and there, but on the whole, he's been pretty solid. So I'll give him a B. All right, Max. So actually, I got to give him, I guess, the lowest grade was the C minus. Uh, a lot from what you guys just talked about before, the home runs, the inconsistencies. Uh, I still kind of hold out that I always, he came here to be an ace, and I always am a little bit surprised when he's not. But I actually give him the lowest grade because no self-respect, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no baseball player should pull both hammies just to run it home. I, I need people to think about how amazing that is. He pulled both of them to run 90 feet. So I can't, I mean, he did, he did get the run, but that that's where I put him from like a C plus-ish, B minus to a C minus. I, I can't, I can't yeah. give him anything higher than that. Just Jin Min Wong all over again. I mean, <laughs> obviously it was much more serious with uh, Jin Min Wong, you know, that kind of was like almost a career ender in a way, but. Yeah, it's incredible to me because, you know, when you play baseball, pitchers always ran. Like, that's what pitchers did when they, you know, they needed to, they, after the day they pitched. And you just see Tanaka run the bases. And we got back to that it's dugout. So you could tell. You're like, man, he looks like he just ran like a marathon out here. But yeah. yeah it's so, so, you know, both hammies and miss a month. It would be one thing yeah. if he was a little sore, maybe missed the start. But to miss a month is just yeah, that was not, not, not really what you wanted. But. Yeah, so, you know, Tanaka, definitely room for improvement in the second half. Um, let's go to the big man, CeCe. Um, CeCe's 18 starts this year, 100 innings. He's got a 6-4 and four record, 3.51 ERA. I'll give CeCe a B plus. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a B plus. Like, I want to give him the A minus, but he just, you know, he seven of his 18 starts, only seven of his 18 starts have been quality starts. Um, he's gotten some really good starts this year. He's gone, like, buck beyond seven innings a few times, but he's, I just, I don't know, like for CC, I think a B plus is right. I really want to give him the A minus, but I just can't. What do you guys think? It's a B for me. Uh, and similar to what you're saying, um, you, you look at his numbers and I'm like, wow, you know, 36, 37 years old, he's having a pretty strong year, but you look a little deeper and a lot of his starts have been, um, it's like the Friday night start a couple weeks ago against Boston was, was tremendous. Uh, he's had a couple of blow-up starts, though. So um, I, I think B is a, is, a, is a good grade for, for what he's done. I mean, he's been steady in the middle of the rotation. Um, and come playoff time, uh, I think every Yankee fan has confidence that he'll go out there and, and do what he has to do. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I would say – I was going to say B. And I think, you know, he's just um, – 
like for whatever you consider him, the third or fourth starter, like, you know, he's the elder statesman of the rotation. You know, he doesn't pitch into like the seventh, eighth inning anymore, but like he just goes out there and he battles and he still has, you know, really good starts and important games for them. Like the numbers might not like jump off the page, but I mean, I think he's kind of past the phase of his career where he's just going to like blow people away with numbers. Um, I'd say a solid B. He's just, you know, cause he, he's, he can put together good innings and he just goes out there and battles. And I think that's still going to be important in the playoffs. And, um, you know, if he could just hold it down and stay healthy for the rest of the season, I think he'd live up to a solid B grade. So I guess I will be the one to go higher here. I, I have, I have him as that a minus because I think he's done all we can ask for. And when you guys have talked about being a big pitcher in big games, having your guy be a three starter and get enough innings just so the bullpen doesn't get wasted uh, and come in when big starts for the team needs them. That's all you ask for at a CC. So he does his job to the best. I think we can all realistically hope for. So I'll actually give him that a minus, but he does have to stay healthy and finish off the year. Yeah. All, all good grades for CC. I mean, just keeps trucking along. Shout out to CC. His thirty uh, eighth birthday is on Saturday. So wow. oh, big man! Wow, big old. Right? I I even feel old when I like hear stuff like that, man. Shit. But all right, for a few, let's uh, go me, Andrew G, and Max. When we do these ratings to avoid those pauses in between. Just uh, Sounds good. a quick quick note there. But all right, let's. Uh, I didn't want to do this, but fuck it. Sunny Gray. <laughs> what? Well, he's an F, straight F. He failed. He dropped out of school. He he's out. He he got an F. That's all I got. Incomplete. Incomplete. Skipped school. Someone take the mic from me. Sonny Gray. I mean, you can't give him anything other than a resounding F right now. He's had a couple good starts, uh, like the the two starts he had. He's got three wins against Baltimore, but that's it. He's just been atrocious in every other big moment, and for. The, the prospect package we gave up for him last year, we expected him to come in and be a dominant top of the rotation force for two and a half seasons, and he's been anything but that, so F. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue the grade. I just, I mean, for what they give up for him, like, you know, highly regarded prospects, yes, but prospects probably didn't have, like, a, you know, a, much of a future in the organization, so I was fine with it, but, like, he, you know, he was up and down last season. He was unusable in the playoffs. He's been... You know, everyone thought that he would have the offseason in New York to settle in, and he hasn't. I mean, I think those few good starts that we referred to were basically at least one against the Orioles. And if you look at his numbers since he came over to the Yankees against the Orioles, he's pitching like a one ERA, and he's god-awful against everyone else. So the Oreo I don't, killer. About it, don't even count that since the Orioles are, like, amazingly awful this year. But – um, yeah, he was unusable in the playoffs last year. He's pretty much that again this year, and it's made the Yankees' need for starting pitching even greater as we realize just how terrible he really is. Yeah, if, if I could give a grade lower than an F, I would. Uh, I don't figure that you say that when it comes to the prospects we gave up. I don't think has Cap even pitched a lot, if any, since the trade. Um, Did he pitch before the trade? <laughs> I was going to say, so I don't think he's pitched. And then it was just, it was Fowler, who doesn't really have a clear uh, clear path here. And I think it was, was it Mateo was the third prospect? Yeah, who, yeah so your, your short, sorry, your second baseman center fielder 
hybrid, meaning he can't find the field. So he didn't give up, but I, he's I, I, all the good things I said about CC. I got to say the opposite of Sonny Gray. He shows up against crappy teams instead of showing up when we need him. So if I can give less than an F, I'd give less than an F. Just give him yeah. a zero. Yeah, I that's zero. I can give him just blank, just blank, just nothing. Yeah, I've had I've ha- I've had enough of pickles for tonight. Um, so <laughs> forgot about that. Last the last uh, <laughs> the number five guy, uh, Domingo Herman. Um, you know he's had a bit of a rough uh, rough numbers, five point four nine ERA, only two wins. But you know I'll give Herman a C minus because he's a rookie and it's kind of tough. To, you know the role he's in, the situation he's been put in, and I really like his stuff. I think he's got some potential, but it's it's just been pretty rough out there for him. But I can't give him a D or F. It, him being a rookie, I'll give him a C minus. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a tough crowd for Herman just because his ear is. Uh, I'm going to play this very conservatively, just say C in the middle, because uh, I don't know yet whether he reminds me of a struggling 2016 Luis Severino. Or a middling okay. 2014, 2015, okay. 2016 Michael Pineda. I oh, don't know which of those two he is. Yeah, I, I gotta stick with the C here too. Uh, I am really interested though to see him in the playoffs coming out of the bullpen though. His stuff is nasty. Him only coming out for like one time through the order if like a three inning mm-hmm. stretch it would be would be dirty. <laughs> but yeah, C for as a starter. Yeah, that's fair. C, C minus. I, he has really good stuff. I mean, I think the experience ultimately will be pretty valuable for him no matter what role he pitches out of. Like, I'm intrigued because he's pitched well for, like, long stretches and long, like, good chunks of innings. But, I mean, pitching to an over five ERA. So it's hard to argue that his grade should be too much higher than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the starting rotation. Um, as you see, definitely need some help there. Um like just, I, it's that that rotation. I just don't. I'm not confident at all in that rotation heading the postseason. But that's the topic for another day. Let's move to the can bullpen. A, can A Rod take Sonny Gray out to lunch too and help him like Sanchez? Maybe, maybe, man. A Rod, he can do anything. Like, would that help? A Rod, <laughs> he's he's living some lab. Someone who just couldn't stand A Rod by his end of these Yankees tenure, man. Oh, he's made some one eighty, man. He's made some 180. But anyways, let's move to the bullpen. Um, we'll start off with Jonathan Holder. And, man, I'm going to just – I'm going to stand up right here. I call Jonathan Holder the trash man in spring training because I thought he would I thought he would be in the game like when, you know, it was like a blowout and when the game was just out of reach, when it was just a trash game, the trash man. But he's been anything but, man. Um, he His first stint with the Yankees this season, he was really bad. You know, he gets – Sent down to AAA. But since he's been recalled, man, he's been awesome. Um, he's pitched 39 innings this year. He's only given up 26 hits, 1.5 ERA, 0.82 whip. Um, I got to give Jonathan Holder an A. I mean, he's just, he's been one of the best relievers out of his bullpen. He's been better than D-Rob. He's been better than Warren. He's probably been better than Green. I, I never thought we'd say that. And it's still, you know, still a lot of season left. But I can't give any, Jonathan Holder anything else but an A. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an A, and, and I think it's pretty indisputable. I was at the, the Friday night game, what, 13, 14 innings, where he got that grand slam to uh, Pedro Alvarez. I think that was his lowest moment, lowest moment of the year. Uh, got sent down the next day, obviously, but I, something changed in him after that after that performance, and he's given up 
what, three earned runs total since then, since early April, and the guy's been lights out. And he's mm-hmm. come in with men on base, even in games where we don't think about it. The Yankees ended up losing. They were down in the game when he came in, but he held it. He held the damage where it was. Didn't allow the opponent to pull away and at least gave us a chance to come back in those games. It's an A, and I don't think you can say anything different about John Homer. No, yeah, I want to give the A. He has been he's been really good, and I have to tip my cap and and give the man some respect, put some respect on his name because uh, he was really awful, and he was kind of like a running joke. He was terrible last year, and you know he was. I mean, it was really bad at the beginning of the year. He came back in late April, and he's just been awesome. And I think Aaron Boone, honestly, I think I mean, I think he seems to trust him and wants to go him before he goes to maybe like a D Rob or even a Chad Green in some situations. I think he's just really, really fond of Jonathan Holder. Yeah, I I agree. I, uh, I think I think with a big thing for him, I was hearing a story that he just. He either switched from a curveball to a slider or vice versa, uh, just because he said uh, they kept hitting it. And I guess that's worse since that because he's just been like, so, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I changed it. Why? Oh, they they kept hitting my curveball. And that was it. That's like the stat. Was it Sonny Gray's like change up a curveball? Batters are hitting like 560 against it this season. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Holder has been awesome. Um, let's move to a guy that. You know, probably he's maybe underachieved a bit in terms of what Yankee fans expected of him, and that's uh, Chad Green. Um, I know Andrew's had his thoughts about <laughs> Chad Green of late. Um, Chad, his numbers real quick in 36 appearances, 46 innings pitched, a 2.74 ERA, 1.02 whip. Um, you know, he's given up some pretty some pretty key home runs, you know, in some pretty bad spots. Um I'm going to give Green a B minus. I'm not going to give him a C because he's still been pretty good, but he's definitely had some untimely moments and he's given up some untimely home runs. Yeah, agree. You can't go anything higher than a B with him. Um, his numbers on paper look really good, but he's had some some big moments where he hasn't been the lights out reliever that he was last year. And, and I think that's what's hurting him, holding him back from anything higher than a B. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, obviously overall, he's still very good. And, um, I think B, B minus is pretty fair. Um, but, um, it's, I mean, him and Dell Matanzas actually both had pretty extended stretches of appearances, uh, like squirrels appearances. And I'm pretty sure they were both snapped on the same day, but I mean, overall still very good, but he has given up some runs and key moments, which is really annoying. So it's hard to go too much higher than that. Yeah, I stick with a B here, too. A little bit disappointing in big spots. It almost seems like people are just jumping his fastball now. Uh, I do think, though, Green's going to figure it out by the playoffs. I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, that's something Green just, you know, just thinks he could blow by his fastball by everyone. And it's not the case. Uh, I don't think any pitcher in baseball other than uh, Arolis Chapman and uh, the other guys can do. But they can let's get- move on. Go on, G. If they can catch up to Chapman, they can damn sure catch up to Chad Green. So, mm-hmm. hey guys, 19 year old Juan Soto hit one to the moon of a Chad Green basketball. Oh, God. Juan. His unofficial first career home run. That's like yeah, my that, favorite that's, thing. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite 70 years when we're all old men, that could be like one of those baseball nuggets. And we're like, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, it was, it was Juan Soto hitting 800 feet balls to the moon. <laughs> 
Like, I love when the, that stat cast came out. I was like, yeah, it was 430 feet. I'm like, that ball was 700 feet, okay? And you can't tell me anything of it, okay? I'm pretty sure Judge hit a 500 foot one in Seattle last year. I just broke stat cast. That guy's just no. Said the, no. The, the farthest <laughs> ball a Judge hit was at City Field. That ball went 1,000 feet. Was that was rocket. a bomb. And the Mets wouldn't admit that that ball went far. But, anyways, <laughs> moving on to D Rob, another Yankees, Yankees envy for Mets, as usual. Right. They run New York. Um, D-Rob, another guy who's kind of underachieved. Uh, you hear the groans from one of our co-hosts in the background. Um, set, you know, 3.09 ERA for D-Rob. Um, you know, just a, he's got the whip under one, but another guy who's just had a lot of untimely bad outings. Um, it started off right away with D-Rob this year when he just gave up the Grand Slam in Toronto. Like right away, but yeah, I'm gonna go just like I gave Green a B minus. I gotta give D Rob a B minus too. He just hasn't been all. He's been solid this year, but not all that spectacular. It's a C plus for me. Um, just when you started thinking he had turned a corner, and you're like, oh, okay, he's coming in. I have confidence in him again. He would have a performance where he, um, Luigi, I think it was the game that was on your birthday. Like I was yes. at, at the point where I was ready to. To you know, give him my full confidence again. And he imploded, and we lost the game. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's lacked a stretch of like just consistent dominant outings. So C plus for me. Yeah, I'll go along. I won't change the grade because uh, I mean he was he was really bad at the beginning of the season, but I think overall he's just kind of been underwhelming and has a lot of. I mean, we like to have him come in in situations that you know. Still kind of try and relive some of those, you know, Houdini moments, which, you know, he, he kind of shows us every once in a while. But I think overall, I just don't have as much confidence when he comes in the game as I did even at the end of last year, which um, he's been around for a while. And it happened at any moment that you go off the cliff. But, I mean, he's just been underwhelming. And he's one of those guys in the bullpen, like there's a couple of them every now and then that just make me wonder, well, like, what Tommy Canley is up to in AAA. <laughs> His philosophy hasn't come back up yet, which is a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, no, I'll stick with I'll stick with the of grades B minus C plus. Uh, just yeah, like you said, just underwhelming. Used to be that Houdini thing, but it seems like now instead of getting out of it, he lets up that hit. He lets up that home run. Um, I was pretty confident with Green that he'll make it make his way back, but I'm a little bit worried about D Rob. Yeah. Um... D Rob and Green hope both those guys kind of return in their form from last season because if they do, it will just add on to what's already a juggernaut of a bullpen. Um, let's move on to probably the two best relievers in this bullpen as of now. Um, let's start off with Dylan Batantis, who, you know, the beginning of, in April, he looked like just – he was awful, right? Just, all right, man, this guy's broken. What What's happening? And, my God, he's he's returned to all-star Dylan. Um He's, he's, if you look at his numbers, it really doesn't do justice just how dominant he's been over the last couple of months and how much of a cheat code he's become once again. Um, I'm going to give Batantis an A. Uh, obviously, haven't given an A plus yet, but I think he's just going to, if he continues on this trend, man, he's probably going to have possibly a career year. Um, what do you guys think? Just, just unbelievable, like, uh, unbelievable, man. I really just can't get over how how broken the guy was for just such a long portion and he's back and who knows he can be broken again next month who knows but for now 
He's awesome. Don't say that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Knock on wood. <laughs> Please don't say that. I'll, I'll go ahead and say I, I'm giving him an A plus. Um, wow. I think he should have won the the junior reliever of the month. Uh, I think we talked about it in our last podcast that uh, Edwin Davis, who's, who's phenomenal, by the way. I don't want to take anything away from him. He won that award strictly on the fact that he's a closer and he was dominant pitcher, excuse me, relief pitcher in baseball, maybe any pitcher. Uh, he had one hit the entire month. He has been that good. It's an A+. plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to – I'll take him up to an A-plus there because considering especially where he came from and, like, everyone likes to point to the Astros series, like, the middle of last year. Like, you know, they ran wild on him and everyone – like, it kind of just broke him and he was unused on the playoffs. Like, and he it kind of like it was going to carry over and maybe they'd have to get rid of him. Like, and he's become so ridiculously dominant again, like, even more so. And a, a lot of people, you know, people post on um, – you know, Twitter point to specific appearances saying, like, by the eye test, you could say that he's had some of his most dominant appearances, maybe of his career to date, like in the, his in recent weeks in the last couple months. Like, um, so yeah, I'll give him an A plus from where he's come, but also just because he's been so ridiculously good and he's just so fun to watch when he's like that. Yeah, Isaac, I'm agreeing with this A plus for all the reasons you guys say. Uh, I definitely get it's where he come back from, just mentally being where he was the past year. Uh, I mean, we can go all the way back to the Randy Levine comments. I mean, this guy has from fans, from his organization, has just been beaten down all the time. And for him to come back, not only to where he was in like 2016 before that, but to be even better, just I got to give it up to him for just as the the six inches between the ears, just combined him. And Sonny Gray, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, 72 strikeouts and 41 of the third innings for Dellen. It's been awesome. Um, now let's move on to final, the final piece of the bullpen, the closer, Chappie, who, man, he's another guy. Just been awesome. 26 or 27 in save opportunities, 68 strikeouts and 40 innings, 0.83 whip, 1.35 ERA. Once again, I'm still just hesitant to give him an A+. Plus. I got to just go with an A. Because, like, you know, he hasn't had a quote-unquote perfect season. But, I mean, he's he's been phenomenal. Yeah, same thing as Dylan, so I won't give him an A-plus. But he's been – he's, you know, definitely resolved all the concerns we may have had when he had his rough patch last year. His velocity's back. His control is better. He's using his slider more and more effectively. Um, he's, he's been a really, really, really strong – Back yeah, I mean, I could, I would, if if any of you guys threw out an A plus, I wouldn't at all disagree. But I'm a fine with an A. Like, um, he's always been one of my favorite believers to watch personally. So maybe there's a little bit of bias, but like he's, you know, his fastball is as good as it, you know, has been. He's mixing in the slider more, which is makes hitters just look you know, like so foolish. And um, you got a tip of the cap because he's pitching through kind of a nagging knee injury. And, you know, he insisted that he's going to pitch through it and it's probably not going to be healthy for the rest of the season, but he's, he's a gamer and he's here and he has pitching to like a 135 ERA. So it's hard to get much better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely got to go with the, uh, he's been 
pretty much one of the more dominant closers in baseball this year. And I just love to see his swagger back with the stare down and everything. You go up against him. I can't imagine knowing that this guy on the mound knows he's going to strike me out. And I have like almost no chance of catching up to that slider fastball combo. Like all goes into it. Yeah. Um, so Chappie, Batances, what a one-two punch. Might be the best one-two punch in all of baseball right now. But I'd say it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's one member of the bullpen we haven't talked about yet. We don't need to talk about him. We're, we're, we're having a good show. We're having a good night. We already talked about Sonny Gray. Jason, we don't need- okay, Jason Treves an F, okay? I said it, G. He's an F. He sucks. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, um, he was talking oh, that's cool. About that's cool. What are you talking about, bro? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the offense. Um, we're going to start behind the plate. We're going to go in order around the diamond. Um, we'll, we'll go with both catchers because, you know, since Romine's played enough, we'll, we'll also include him. But let's start off with Gary. Um, you know, he got off to a terrible start. He was like one for his first 35. He thought he'd be like, all right, he's going to break out of it. And he kind of did, right? But still just really bad. I know batting average isn't as important as it used to be. It's not like a tell-all stat, but... 190 batting average is not what you want over 231 at bats and a 291 on base percentage, 430, 433 OPS, or excuse me, 549 723 OPS. I'm an idiot. Um, I got to give Gary, I got to give Gary a D. I mean, I expected a lot from Gary. He's one of the probably the best hitting catcher. He could, he's a chance to be the best hitting catcher ever. I mean, that's where Gary is. And I, I love my Buster Posey, but man, Gary is just. An unreal talent, and I expect more out of him. That's, I got to give him a D. I'm going to give Gary an incomplete uh, just because he's missed so much of the season. Um, I mean, he just got activated against the Mets tomorrow. But uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, you're good now. You just cut out a little bit. Go on. Oh, I was <laughs> Gary. He's going to be back tomorrow, but he's just. He's missed a lot of time, and we've seen the bad. We've seen the good. Uh, his home run off Giles, his walk off against Brandon Rodney. Um, so I, I don't know where to put him yet. So incomplete for me. Yeah, I'll say incomplete too because it seems like his season never really got started. Like it's just been like I guess you'd say like fits and starts. Like he was two for thirty-five, and then he kind of had a. A stretch of good games, and he's like, "Oh, here we go!" And then he went right back in the crapper again, and then he got hurt. So it's like you haven't even really seen anything. You know, he has what, like, you know, God bless him, like a 200 batting average. He's got 12 home runs, like, and he got activated today. And everyone's hoping that he'll just come back and be like a wrecking crew, like he was. So hopefully, like for that. But so far, hard to give him anything other than incomplete because he really hasn't done anything. I agree. I say I'll, I'll just give him the D, just just to give him a letter grade. You'll, you'll wait. You'll just give him the D. Give him a D. All right. <laughs> you know this is this is a PG show here we run. So uh, it's not, but I mean, <laughs> it's not. I I since I've been on the show, it has been, which is just today. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, well, it was until you guys ruined that. Um, just like I said, just disappointing. And every single time you'd think, oh, he's hitting it harder and there'd be a stretch of games where you'll hit it like 110 miles an hour just right at the third baseman or right at the center fielder. 
Uh, I think he's going to turn around the second half of the year. A uh, little preview. He's he's my bold prediction to be the MVP for us for the second half. But uh, as of right now, I still think it's D. Yeah, so let's let's go to uh, Austin Romine really quick um, because, you know, he – I wasn't – look, don't accuse me as being part of the fan base that was calling for Romine to start over Gary when Romine was just in that ridiculous hot streak where he, like, almost matched his career number in to- home runs in, like, a friggin' month. But, you know, Romine's been great this year. Um, I'll give him a B-plus for the – or I'll give him an A-minus, you know, for the role he's in as a backup catcher. Like to, for him to fill in the way he did, you know, really helped us out. You know, I, he's cooled down since, but he's still hitting 270 with the 333 on base percentage, six home runs. Can't ask for much more out of your backup catcher. I'll give Romine an A minus. I'm going to give him a B. Um, he's been good offensively, but you don't necessarily need your backup catcher or replacement catcher to be that good offensively. Hasn't really walked a lot, which is concerning. And he doesn't throw out anyone behind the plate. I, I think in the time that he's been. The everyday catcher in Gary's absence, he's throwing out two or three guys total. That's concerning to me. Uh, so B. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, B, B plus, because he definitely has hit better than we thought. And he's definitely, I think he's on pace. He's almost done it already, maybe to double his career total in home runs for this year alone, which is pretty cool. Uh, we had fun with that story in the beginning of the year, how he's hitting really great, like, for the for the role of light hitting backup catcher, but um, I mean, he's cooled off a little bit, which is fine. Um, and the def the drop off for defense, I guess maybe just in the throwing arm, um, is huge. And him and Higashioka and whoever else has been back there don't throw anyone at at all. So I'd say B plus mostly for the hitting, and um, hard to argue because he's a backup catcher. Yeah, I agree. I think B is a good grade for him. Uh, he's done pretty much everything we could hope for from a backer catcher from a uh, from a, a batting standpoint. But I agree. Just seeing him behind the plate and watching him throw down, and I keep thinking myself, what Gary would have had him by two feet, three feet. You know, they wouldn't even have gone there, and it it hurts. But uh, no hard feelings for him with the B, though. Yeah. Okay. It's good grade for Roman. Obviously, he's overachieved very much. Um, Let's move over to first base. Um, the Birdman of New York, Greg Bird. Uh, another guy who hasn't been healthy all year. He's only had 140 at-bats, you know, 214 average, 317 on base percentage, eight home runs. Um, I think one of our co-hosts actually predicted Bird getting more home runs than Gary this year. Um, it's close. It's close. Still in play. It's still a possibility. Still in play, but, hmm, you know, Inc- I'm going to get – I'm. I'm not. I don't go incomplete. So I. I. I, I got to give these guys a grade. I'm going to C for Bird. Um, I just. I don't know, man. It's weird with Bird. Like, there's still a large portion of people that just think he's just going to be like a great first baseman and he's going to be this 30 plus homer power guy. And I just don't see it. I don't know. Like, I. I think I'd have a lower grade for him if I thought higher of him. You know, because that's what I'm basing a lot of these grades off of. It's like expectations. That's why I gave. Herman a C minus, you know, that's why we all gave Herman a C, even though he's had kind of good numbers. It's the same way I feel about Bird. Like his numbers aren't that good, but I mean, I guess I just don't expect him to be that good. So I'll give Bird a C minus, even though he's been pretty bad this year. I'm actually giving him a C plus. Some signs in the past week, specifically that series in Baltimore, started getting the ball in the air more, had back-to-back nights with four RBIs. 
you know, he just needs consistent best. Remember, this is a guy who missed uh, the majority of last season, the first month and a half this year, the entire 2016 before that. Um, he doesn't have a lot of consistent playing time. And if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I think he can finally become the guy that the Yankees organization has talked about for years. So C plus, but I expect him, I expect this time in October for me to say something higher than that. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say incomplete. If I was going to give him a grade, I'd give him a C. And considering that they've gotten absolutely nothing from everyone else at first base, this year, I, th I mean, I don't see any reason to think that we're going to, you know, that he won't get the majority of the playing time. Um, but, I mean, the numbers don't look great, but they've kind of been trending in the right direction, it seems like. So there's, I think, room for some cautious optimism. So if I was going to give him a grade, I'd give him a C. And um, but like Andrew said, I think, you know, hopefully it'll be reasonable to expect that it would be higher by the end of the season. Yeah, I say me. I see, I'm going to give him uh, a C here too. Uh, just a little bit disappointing to start it, but I think he's getting his groove now. I, I'm one of those people who just absolutely loves his swing. I can't get enough watching him hit. Uh, I still have not forgiven him for that ground ball though in Baltimore. I'm going to hold that against him for a little while, but uh, I think I think he'll start getting it. And he doesn't need to be a guy who hits in this lineup right now. Needs to hit, you know batting 300 and all this stuff. But if he can just be a dangerous lefty bat, and of course, everyone says the short porch at Yankee Stadium. I mean, we saw what he did on Andrew Miller. If we can have one or two of those on the stretch, I think we'd all be happy. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's go to Max's favorite player, Glaber Torres, the 21-year-old phenom. Um, just another guy who, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Glaber Torres would be an all-star this year, I I don't know. I don't know if I would have believed you because look, I I'm gonna pat a little, you know, pat myself on the back here. You know, I my hot take at the beginning of the season was that Andujar and Glaber would both be starters on this team and would both start like be starting in the postseason. And obviously, you know, we don't know the postseason part yet, but it's it seems pretty likely at this point. But man, 294 average, a 350 on base percentage, 15 home runs. That's the most shocking thing. If you would have told me Glaber was hitting 290 in his first, you know, 200-plus at-bats. Yeah, I would have believed that. You know, the guy's a great hitter, but the 15 home runs is really what just surprised me. Another guy, just like I gave Seve the A-plus, I got to give Glaber an A-plus. He's been awesome. So I'm going to be the bad guy here. Um, and, and, Max, have at me if you, if you got to. He's had some what really big moments. Wait, wait, wait. You cut out. You cut out. You cut out. You give, you're giving Glaber a B plus. All right, that's the shit. I think I know where. I think I think I think I know where he's going. With it. Is, uh, I think time. I know where he's going with it, though. All right, yeah, go on. <laughs> Glaber's had some stretches where he was. And, and there's a couple stretches where he went three, four games without a hit, but more more offensive to me is the ten errors in the field. Uh, and I know that he's a phenomenal fielder, and that's an aberration. But based on just the stats alone. And, and the impact they've had, I can't go higher than a B plus. Okay, yeah, I was gonna give him an A plus only because I mean we just talked about like expectations versus grades and all that. Like he was their top prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball, and despite those expectations, he was on. But ten hours is definitely concerning, so it definitely kind of drags it down into the A minus A range. Um, it's not that it can't, you know, make the plus. It just maybe it's, I don't know. 
inexperience, you know, just or whatever. I don't know. He's just got to get those reps and and stay locked in every play. Like, but I mean, ten errors that definitely can't happen second half of the season. You know, division chase, and it damn sure can't happen in the playoffs to make errors on like routine ground balls, like you've seen a bunch of times. But he's had a lot of cool moments. And, uh, you know, at the plate, walk-offs, you know. So it's really cool. And hopefully he comes back in uh, a couple couple days here and he picks right up where he left off. Yeah, so obviously I will definitely be going with the uh, A-plus here with him. Uh, I had a feeling once I heard the B-plus, Andrew's going to go with the hours. I agree. I definitely see that he seems to almost like – it almost looks like he tries to style it too much. Like, you know, he's getting trying to little, put a little too much flair on it. Uh, I just can't get around how smooth he does look when he does make the great plays and his just approach at the plate. I mean, he actually does have a bit of a, you know, start, uh, you know, uh, split count, two strike count approach. And you can't ask anything more for 21 year old to come up in the biggest of moments. It lets me overlook the errors, which I know will find his way out of his game pretty soon. Yeah, and he is yeah, so that. much fun. He's just he's just happy to be there. He's like it seems like to be like a little kid being on the field, like always dreaming of this moment. That's why I love. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Glaber's Glaber's great. Glaber good. Um, let's move on to the third baseman now. Another rookie, a fellow rookie, Miguel Andujar, and you know Andujar is the doubles machine. Um, just all he does is hit doubles. Sitting overall, two seventy nine, twelve homers, thirty nine RBIs. Only a 316 on base percentage. And, um, you know, I just, I really just like Miguel Andujar is just such a bad defensive player. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, he just, he makes plays at third base and he does things at third base that just make you scratch your head. Like, him just crashing into Romine, like when, you know, he doesn't even say anything. Like, those are things that Andujar does that just kind of just makes me like scared. Like, I don't really get too concerned over Glaber's t- like errors because most of them are really like Max said, almost he's like, he's trying to be too fancy. He's trying to like style it too much. Andujar makes like just absolute brain farts that you just say like, this, this guy just doesn't have like very high defensive IQ out there. So I'm, that's why I'm going to give Andujar a B. Um, he just really worries me in the field. I probably would have given like, if it was just based on like hitting, I'd, Definitely would give him an A because he's an awesome hitter. But I'm just re- – I really just worry about him as a third baseman. Yeah, I agree. B is is the grade. Um, you'd like to see him a little more patient at the plate. You'd like to see him play his defense. The offense has been good, so I'm, I'm fine giving him a B. Yeah, I'd say B, B plus. Um, the hitting definitely – I mean, the hitting definitely brings the grade up. Um he got a good average. He rips extra base hits all over the yard. Like he doesn't walk, but I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, um, especially batting down, you know, seventh or eighth or whatever. Like if he's going to bat 280 and get a bunch of extra base hits from the seven hole, like I'd be totally all right that he doesn't draw a walk. Um, and I mean with the, um, you know, the fielding, as long as he's not making a bunch of errors, I'd be all right with it. Like it's definitely concerning and, I just hope I, th- I think in terms of career arc, if he's gonna bet like be a really good hitter, hopefully he can just solidify his defense so it doesn't hurt them consistently. Yeah, if I'm gonna be say pretty consistent with the rest of you guys, just B B plus. Um the extra base hits from low, that low in the order is just too good to have. Uh uh it's defense. It's 
it's concerning. Sometimes I have to tell myself that he really wasn't supposed to be up as early, but Brennan Jerry coming out pushed him there. Uh, I watched him transfer the ball out of his glove, throw to first base, and I'm pretty sure we can have a podcast in two during that time. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to keep it, you know, keep himself yeah. going slow to make the good throws, but sometimes I sit there and I'm like, you could have made this play, you know, it costs us a double play here, or yeah. I think the play is just, just, just too close and it, should, it gets to me. But I think he'll, he's another guy like with Glaber that he'll get better. But as long as he's been 290, I can deal with it. Doesn't strike out much either. Well, that's because he just swings. Crazy, he's, <laughs> he, he, swings like every, he swings like every first pitch, man. Like, just got to respect it almost. He must have the strongest wrists in the world to keep doing that swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that hurts my wrist, that swing. Um, let's move over to the shortstop, Sir Didi. Um, if the season, if the baseball season was just in April, Didi would get an A+. plus. He'd be the MVP. He'd be the king of the world. But that's not how it works. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not how baseball works. And uh, Didi had one of the worst stretches, you'll see. Um He's kind of gotten it back a little bit. Um, his numbers, if you look at his numbers, you know, at this point, you know, 263, 17 homers, 52 runs batted in, 2.7 war. <sighs> it's tough. Give D- you could get, like, give Didi a lot of different grades. I'm just going to go safe. I'm going to play it safe. I'm just going to give him a B. Um, he's been, like, oh, he's been, like, I think, like, what you expect overall, maybe, you know? Like, he's he's gone from hot to cold, but if you just look at it in a big picture sense, I think these – these numbers are where you expect him to be. He's playing a great shortstop as usual. Um, yeah, B for DD. I'm actually going to stretch it a bit, and I'll say A minus. Um, the Yankees were lucky enough that they were playing some of their best baseball uh, at the beginning of May, and when DD was just not hitting at all, they were winning basically every day. So they got away with that. Uh, and then outside of that, he's gotten hot of late. He carried the team in April. Uh, I think he's been a really, really good. Uh, contribute to this team and, and a rock in the middle of their lineup. So a minus. Yeah, this is hard because I mean, Didi's my favorite, probably right up there, like favorite one or two players on the team. Like, so despite my intense love for Didi, I'll say a B minus because I mean, the defense is still great. Um, and even the hitting numbers are, um, I mean, not too far off from where they were in the last couple of years, but I mean, he was just really like he went from the best, like you know, MVP type candidate to like getting what was it, a few hits out of like sixty yeah. at bats. Like it was really bad for a long time, a big chunk of games. So, um, but I mean, I think he could he could bring the grade up back into like you know B plus A minus type range and still be pretty in line with his numbers from last year. So it's it's not a great grade right now, but I love Didi. I think he'll he's starting to come around, I think. He's been hitting a couple home runs the last couple weeks. We saw last year. Uh Max, I think he cut out a bit. Oh uh, did I? Yeah, All right, hold on. And that's the show. <laughs> hey, man, nothing, nothing you could do about internet. Nothing you could do. But, yeah, I mean, look, DD, it, I think I said it on the pod 
like a few months ago. I think Didi literally went from like the best player in baseball to probably like one of the worst. I mean, to the stretch he was on was truly awful. Like it, it went was, from it from tough. Willie Mays to Stephen Drew. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch. The guy was just so lost. But um, is Max back? Is is that Max I heard or? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. And he's gone again. So the outfield. So we'll we'll wait for Max to uh, get back, but let's move on to the outfield. Um, we'll start off in left field with the longest tenured Yankee, the man who recently uh, had his anniversary for his debut with the Yankees. His tenure, it's Guardy, Guardy Party. Um, you know, keep he keeps doing Guardy things, uh, Guardy numbers. 254, nine homers, 33 RBIs. It's another guy I kind of had like difficulty like determining a grade for him. Um, I'm going to go Guardy a B plus. Like I just Guardy's. I know that might seem a little bit high, but I, I just I love what Guardy does. I love his role. Um, love how he just swipes. A, he could still swipe a bag every now and then. Still plays a solid outfield. Give me a B plus for Guardy. Yeah, I don't think that that's all too high. Uh, I'm going to go with a B. I just think he's been very solid. He's been the veteran presence they needed. Uh, he does all the right things in the field, on the bases. You'd like to see a little more pop. He's uh, His home run production is a little down compared to what he was at last year. But he's he's been you know, nothing short of consistent. So B is a good grade for him. Yeah, I'd say B or you know whatever average, whatever you consider an average grade because – I mean, defensively, he's fine. He's, you know, he plays a good left field. Um, and, I mean, if you look at his numbers, hitting numbers, considering how bad he was for a big chunk of the first part of the season, his hitting numbers are pretty damn in line with what he's been. You know, his has a 345 on base percentage, 254 batting average. Like, he only batted 264 last year anyway, so it's not like there's been this precipitous drop in batting average. He's kind of just the same and – you know, for a leadoff hitter and, you know, good quality veteran left fielder, that's totally all right. Um, I'm going to assume Max is still working on his internet, but okay. let's move on. Uh, was that, that Max I just heard? or I guess not. Well, let's move on to the center fielder of the Yankees. G's favorite player, Aaron Hicks. Um I love Hicks. I, I'm a big Hicks guy. I love love the love his center field play. Um, and man, he he was red hot a few weeks ago. Man, he's got 16 homers on the year, um, 348 on base percentage. I'm giving Hicks an A minus, man. Um, average is still a little bit low, but overall, I just Hicks's role on this team is so important. So many people overlook him and underappreciate him. I, I'll give Hicks an A minus. Yeah, definitely. A minus is a good grade. He did have a, a really rough stretch um, going into the series in Washington before the game was suspended. I think his batting average was down to like 205 or something really low. And up until a couple of days before the break, he'd gotten all the way up to 260. He's hitting right in the middle of the lineup, producing at a high level. And more importantly, recently, he's hitting in the clutch, which he hadn't done. Uh, he's been everything that Yankees fans on Twitter said he was not capable of. And, and I love to watch him succeed when he's had so many haters within our own fan base. 
I'll say I'll give him an A. And I think in terms of um, like a total package player who affects the game on both sides of the ball, he's been really good. Um, he's already set a career high in home runs, which, I mean, the Yankees aren't starving for home runs, but it's a pretty cool personal accomplishment. Like, um, he works the at-bats really well, um, you know, works deep counts and makes the pitchers work, which is um, really good. And, I mean, his center field play is just awesome. You know, he's got a great arm. He covers all the ground. Like, um, you know, it was always the hitting that was dragging him down. So so for that to come around and really add um, – you know, round out his game. I think the A is really good. Yeah, that he had that three homer game, obviously off Boston and the David Price massacre. Um, yeah, he's he's picks has been great. <laughs> um, let's. I once again, I'm going to check in with Max. If Max, you could hear me, please say something. Crickets and crickets. <laughs> um, let's move on to the most polarizing man in baseball, the face of baseball, because it sure ain't Mike Trout or Josh Hader. Um, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, um, the guy who should have won the MVP last year, in my opinion. Uh, Just picking up right where he left off. Just 276, 25 homers, 60 runs batted in, three now close to a 400 on base percentage. I can't give it an A plus because you know, considering last year, um, like in late June, he was hitting like three thirty, leading like he was in like triple crown contention. So it's tough for me to give him an A plus, but I'll go with an A. Judge, just just awesome. Yeah, I agree. You look at the batting average and you think, man, he should be. I kind of feel like, am I crazy that he should be at three hundred? But he's got a five point one WAR, about a hundred games in the season, which is insane. Um, so it's an A. He's still one of the best players in baseball, probably the best player on this team, and there's nothing bad you could say about him. Yeah, I'm fine with the A. Um, I mean, as cool as it was to have him batting like 330 last year, I don't think that's what it, you know, I think that was kind of a little bit too high. I think his batting average would get up a little bit higher. Um, and I mean the walks total, he's right in line. Like his on base percentage is awesome. Um he plays a really good right field, which you know, obviously he's tall and he can get up to the wall and, and but uh you know he's thrown out a bunch of runners on the base paths this year. Like he's got a really good arm and uh it's just a total package. Um so I mean the A is fine, I think uh I mean he strikes out a lot, but what power hitter doesn't? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, the final player we're going to grade is the man that I labeled was our biggest free agent signing and one of our first episodes. Carlos <laughs> um, Stanton. Um, obviously got him in the trade package with the Marlins for Starlin Castro. Hope you're doing well down there, Starlin. Um, yeah, Stanton obviously rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way um i've never seen at any level or even heard of any level of baseball where a guy had two five strikeout games in like the same month in the same week but it happened um but you know he's kind of picked it up since then he's got it like santa has averaged up to 278 um 23 homers 55 rbi so the power is still there um but you know him being the nl the reigning nl mvp you know, you can't really give him an A after he doesn't even make the all-star team this year. So I'll go with the B plus. But, you know, overall, Stanton – and I almost, like, 
it's kind of crazy that how much he's played the outfield because I don't think any of us expected him to play the outfield as much as he has as as early as he did. You know, credit to Boone there for kind of just putting him out there a decent amount. But yeah, I'll give him a B plus. It's actually something that I was kind of hoping in spring training that they didn't just you know barricade him into that DH role. Uh, I like that he's getting worked into both right field and left field. Um, I'll go ahead and say uh, B plus just because you expect. A little bit more coming off an MVP season, but he's still been very, very strong and certainly very hot of late. I'll give him solid B, B plus. I think. Uh, I mean, John Carlos is a good outfielder. Like, I think Aaron Judge is better, but I think John Carlos is like a solidly good outfielder, and you know he's played a bunch of left field and not been like a total give up. So uh, having that versatility is good. Um, and, but I mean, I think hitting wise, I mean, the struggles at the beginning of the season were really ugly and difficult to watch. He's been really good uh, the last, whatever, month and a half, two months, like betting average up to 278. And I think generally, I think he's about to go, you know, I think he's got another gear to go to. I think he's about to hit it. And I mean, I would love to see him and Aaron Judge hit back to back and kind of go to that other gear together changing gears together the yankee way um hey we got max back i think am i back oh max he's back back. the the man is back um i think he missed i think he missed dd guardy hicks judge grades but it sounds like i had dd as a b Judge isn't it? And now I have Stanton as a B plus. And what about Gardy Hicks and I'm Judge? I'm kind of back, huh? Gardy Hicks and Judge. What are your grades for those? The outfield. Uh, uh, nope. Well, Max huh? is uh, Max. You're lagging pretty hard, but it's all good. We're, we're gonna work through it. Um, let's. Let's talk about Aaron Boone a bit, um, my favorite manager to talk about. And I'll just start off by saying that you know, I've had a lot of problems with uh, Boone's managing so far in his first you know, roughly 100 games with the Yanks. Um, I think he – like I always said with Girardi that Girardi would just tip, pull guys too quick on, on the mound. And I think Boone leaves guys in too long. I think that's one of his problems. Um, I – I don't know if, you know, he's never managed before. He's really doesn't seem like he knows how to uh, manage a bullpen. Like, Girardi, you got to give Girardi this. Like, he was very good, probably the best manager in baseball at managing a bullpen and working guys into the right situations, even though we like to call him Binder Joe. But, you know, I don't know, man. Boone, he just, he does a lot of things that rub me the wrong way. And I'll just use this example from the last weekend before the break um, against Cleveland when – he uh, there was a runner on first. Yanks are down by two, and he has Judge Steele on a three-two count with Hicks at the plate with Stanton on deck, and ends up being a strike him out, throw him out, and then of course to add poor salt in the wound, Stanton hits a home run in the ninth off of Allen, and it's just things like that that Boone does that he just aren't good baseball moves, and he's done it a lot. Um, I don't know, man. What, what have you guys thought about Aaron Boone as the Yankee manager so far? Um, I think 
overall, I mean, he's been fine. Like, you know, the team is obviously really good, so it's hard to complain too much about, like, record or anything like that. I think, you know, he there's a lot to improve upon, and he's still, you know, he's a young manager and, um, you know, whatever. He can improve at a lot of stuff as he learns. Like, to me, there's just weird things. Like, for the bullpen, it seems a lot of times like he's just managing – for the future more than he is like, you know, oh, if I, you know, Del Matances goes out there on any given day and throws a good inning, like, oh, but if I can get another inning, then whatever, I can save another arm and Matances or Chad Green last weekend, I think against the Indians did the same thing, try to get him through a second inning and it didn't work out. Like, so the bullpen usage has definitely been questionable. Um, and I think at some point I would really love, you know, now that we're getting into the second half, of the season, you know, we're going to hit the deadline and, you know, August, September, like the big push for the division. I just want to see them play the same lineup every day, like same fielding alignment, same batting order and try and really get in a groove. And, um, you know, I, I for the most of the first half of the season, I just felt like he was playing it safe and just trying to keep everyone fresh, which is, which is fine. But like, I just want to see them really lock it in and, and start to make a push here and see if he can really like manage the team that way. Matt, the same thing you said about, about the bullpen. I think that's what he's doing with, with the starting lineup every night. He's trying to keep everyone fresh. He's managing for October saying, we got to be there. We got to be fully intact. We got to be healthy, but the ends don't justify the means in my book. We're losing games. We're going to lose the division at the rate we're going unless something changes and what happens if you hit James Paxton in a one-game wild card and he throws a gem? Then all those games that you you missed out, you know, because you were conserving your players, keeping them fresh, keeping them rested, it's for nothing. Mm-hmm. And the the example I use of Boone just like punting a game is like that final game against the Phillies when they won the first two games of the series, and I believe it was a Wednesday, and the Yankees had an off day that Thursday, and he decides to sit Judge. I think in Bird and someone else, and the Yankees lost the game three nothing. Like he put out a spring training lineup in the middle of June, and it just it pissed me off, man. Like, and had I had the pitcher. said, you know, like you're, you're just giving away a game. We're you know at that point it was probably a game or two back of Boston. That's at this point we're four and a half back. You can't just give away games in a 162 game season when you're in a division race against a team like the Red Sox, who were just winning every game. It seems like they've been on three separate three different stretches this year where they've won like 15 of 16. Like it, it just, the guy just doesn't manage to win every game. Um, another thing that Boone's been doing, you know, I, I give him credit for playing Stanton in the outfield, but he's been DHing judge a lot, man. And judge is an asset out in right field. I, I do not get why he's just saying, giving judge so many DH. He's acting like judge is a 35 year old man. The guy's 26. He doesn't need as many off days as you think, but yeah, you know, I, it's, it's still ha- – like, the guy's only been a manager at any level for half a year. Like, you got to give him some time. It's hard to compare him to Girardi, who was a manager for, like, a decade. But, yeah, I don't know. Boone, a lot of, lot of things Boone's done that just, I, just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. We'll see. As the season goes on, maybe he grows as a manager. But definitely room for improvement from the Booney, Booney man. Now that, I, uh, now that I think about the – now you mentioned that judge gauging a lot like – 
I think, I mean, you mentioned it from like the Aaron Judge side. Like, you know, Judge is a great outfielder. Like, you know, he's 26. How many days off could he need? But like, I think maybe there's an angle of it from the Giancarlo side. Like, maybe, you know, he's fine. He's still young. He's a good outfield. Like, maybe Giancarlo just doesn't want to like sit on the bench and DH every day. Maybe he still wants to go out there and be in the field. And with, you know, Gardner and Hicks playing pretty much to what they are, like, it's hard to sit one of them down all the time yeah i agree i agree with that i agree but i don't know it's just you gotta like judge with his arm with his outfield abilities just he's just such an asset out there but like you said john carl is a good outfielder but he's just not not the outfielder judges at all um well you know max is i think i'm back i think i'm back for good now Hopefully okay I'm not lagging. all right now um, you, you sounded fine there um you actually perfect timing because we were about to just you know talk about your trade pieces that you've been writing so uh, of course i hope my know. listeners are the ones commenting on my <laughs> right, right. bone to pick with them if they are and, yeah max you know all throughout the summer has been writing you know the series called you know creating a yankees trade package and you know he's done about six or seven different ones madison bumgarner uh marcus stroman cole hamels michael fulmer uh, Max, tell us about you know your experience writing these articles and some of the fan feedback you've gotten. Uh, yeah, so the articles honestly started as just an assignment just to get uh, to see who the Yankees would trade for maybe at the deadline. And then I started looking into all the different players. And I'm like, I don't want to make this in just one article. I can make this a series. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been learning on a lot of the Yankees prospects and seeing a lot of what the other organizations are thinking. Uh, the fan feedback has been a mix of confusing, a lot of fun, and maddening. Uh, I, <laughs> I was saying before the show started, I get comments that the standard, no, we'll give them Jacoby Ellsbury, some of our trash players, and Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird. It's always Gary Sanchez and Greg. <laughs> uh, and you, we get Bumgarner, and you, you get Jacoby Ellsbury. I'm like it's these trades. That's not how this works. Hang <laughs> about. Blue Jays don't need our prospects because they have Vladimir Guerrero. Because that's how baseball works. <laughs> yeah, no. If if the Blue Jays have Vlad Guerrero Jr., like that's the only prospect they need. But yeah, yeah you know, they I don't need. Wanna... Uh, Max, is Max is still lagging, but you know, he he yeah. got. I said you can go. Oh, okay, okay, that's good, that's good. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys really quick because, you know, two big Yankee trade targets as of la- this past week, past couple of days actually, ha- are now off the board. Um, it's gonna- Manny Machado, obviously, is off to L.A., play for the Dodgers, and Andrew's guy, Brad Hand, is is off to the Indians. And, you know, Brad, like the Indians went from having like the worst bullpen in baseball with Miller hurt and Cody Allen being awful to man, Brad Hand and Andrew Miller. That's not, that's not, that's not good. Um, and you know, the Indians will probably put like one of their starters in the bullpen, right? In the postseason because they're not going to need all five of their starters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a, uh, all of a sudden Cleveland kind of raised their stock a bit. So, uh, give me, like if you had a, out of all the names that have been rumored, out of all the likely names the Yankees get, excluding Mad Bum, you know, I I, I want Mad been beating the Mad Bum tram all year, but like I get that the Giants are still kind of in it. And I wrote in my article in that Mad Bum article that 
one of the three things that depended on uh, this trade happening was the Giants just being out of the race, which really didn't happen. The other two things did. The other thing did happen, which was Sonny Gray just continuing to be awful. Um, that has absolutely happened. But yeah, so if there was one guy out of you know the list of guys we've named, who would you want to most see the Yankees get? I got to pivot off Brad Hand. Um, I, I want another lefty reliever. Chase and Shreve is far from anything useful. Um, I know it's going to be tough to get him in the division, but why not go for Zach Britton? Uh, I, I've said a couple times uh, on Twitter in the past few weeks that it's not unreasonable for the Yankees to carry a three-man starting rotation into the playoffs and maybe do a fourth game of bullpenning, which I know – you're like what? What the hell are you doing? You're crazy. This is the this is the plan that the idiot Tampa Bay Rays do. What are you thinking? You know we have so many deep arms. Say you start with a guy like Adam Warren who can give you two or three innings, and then you just have 97 mile power back to back to back to back. Britain, Green, and then you have the big three with uh, Robertson, Batantis, and Chapman. I think you could put you can you don't plan on doing it to get. One game, you can go. You can stretch your bullpen and get an entire nine innings out of. So, get a guy like Zach Britton who completely solidifies the bullpen end to end, and I think you're okay. Yeah, um, Zach Britton is definitely. I think he's attainable. I mean, that would definitely be good to get another one, another really good reliever, and two, an actually good lefty reliever. You know, so you could use have a non-Chapman lefty reliever. I think the Orioles, you know, in division and all that, but the Orioles are really bad and definitely bad enough that they shouldn't be turning down an offer from a team with, you know, one of the best few farm systems in baseball. So Zach Britton would be nice. As, you know, as plausible as that bullpenning idea is, I think the Yankees, they're going to get a starter from somewhere. And, you know, there's been, you know, the J-Haps and the, you know, who else? Tyson Ross or Nathan Avaldi or whoever. Like, I'd sooner take, you know, I'd take the field over any of those guys. I'd put money on Cashman, you know, pulling a rabbit out of his hat and getting someone that we haven't heard much about. Um, or, I mean, also, so there was that. And then there's been, like, a, some rumors that were just kind of starting up today that, you know, maybe they're, they'd make a run at Carlos Martinez since the, uh, the Cardinals are in turmoil now, which – the price would obviously be very high, but he's really, really good. So that's probably like a pipe dream for now, but I think they'll get a starter from somewhere. I think they need to. Yeah, I think the problem is a lot of the other good available starters or potentially available starters have gross contracts. You look at a guy like we said, every Yankee fan wants Madison Bumgarner if the Giants fall out of it. Well, if not him, Johnny Cueto's not a bad second option but his contract is really not ideal so that immediately is off the table there's a lot of guys with bloated contracts who probably would be available and cashman won't sniff won't come anywhere near him no i i can't see cashman trying to add another big contract because he's trying Definitely to get not. underneath the luxury tax uh, i'm a little bit more sour on carlos martinez in my early look at him uh his velocity has started to dip over the years actually each year it's gone down by like one or two, and that worries me. He does let up a lot of home runs, which, you know, one side or the other. Um, it sounds like you're talking about Tanaka right now. His velocity <laughs> dipping gives up a lot of home runs. <laughs> I know. I know. As I said, so I'm like, do I really want another one? Uh, <laughs> if, 
ask me no because they're going to want and he has a good contract i think it's 11 million for three years and then a team option and 17 18 million um i like the idea of getting another reliever i, I mean i'm going to hold out that the grom somehow becomes available i don't see it but deep down in my heart that's what i'm hoping for but yeah i'm, I'm going to go with i'd like to see Breton. if you can't i'm not as big as a fan as the bullpenning idea I think you're really going to hurt your bullpen on days where you're going to need them, like on a CC start or like a bad, you know, Sevi or Tanaka start. Uh, but having a, another lefty reliever weapon in the bullpen is just something the Yankees should use if they can't go get some elite starting pitcher. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn at like who I think the Yankees should get. Um, I'd probably go with Cole Hamels. Like I know that's kind of a lot of people don't want him, but. I like his postseason experience. Um, I, I think he's a solid pitcher overall. Like I never thought highly of Hamels when he was, you know, on the Phillies and he was pretty young. But guys had a pretty good career. Um, I sure as hell don't want J.A. Happ. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to getting Britain, but I don't know. Like I, none of these guys just moved the needle for me. I've said it before. Like I, I wanted Madbum so bad. Um, I still, still holding out hope. But what about Matt Harvey, guys? Yeah, I was just about to say, man, like, you know. And Matt this is Harvey. Max's last podcast. Yeah, like. Uh, I'm not serious. Please don't give right. me Matt Harvey. I, I, I'll, I'll entertain Matt Harvey thing for 30 seconds. Matt Harvey's pitching to a 4.5 ERA in the NL Central. And people will say, like, he's had a good stretch of starts with the last, um, whatever, several starts. Like, look at the starts. He's pitching, like, five innings, giving up, like, two or three runs, like. If that's your idea, like a good start, then that's fine. Like it's better than he was pitching, but I mean, I don't want another starting pitcher who's going five innings. Like we need someone who could maybe be a little bit better than that. Yeah, not as a trade target. If we wanted to kick the tires on him after the season, I could be okay with that, but not giving up anything less than maybe maybe Chase and Street. Maybe I'll do Chase and Street for Matt Harvey. Yeah, I mean he <laughs> like it really it really is a shame because like, you know, obviously none of us like the Mets, but he was he was incredible, man. For like those couple of years, he was just just it was, it was pretty scary seeing that Mets rotation. I mean, those it seems like years ago. It seems like so long ago that they had like that just dominant rotation with Harvey, Degrom, and Syndergaard. But yeah, um, times change, and Matt Harvey just I don't trust that guy in New York. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't want that guy in the clubhouse. Like I don't know why anybody would. I think we've all seen what he had he brings to the clubhouse. If you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> There's been a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff about Syndergaard and DeGrom, but uh, some people, you know, on the radio and the talk shows and all that stuff have been pointing out maybe Zach Wheeler as a potential target, like, you know, not like the stud of the rotation, so maybe a little bit more attainable and still kind of young and pitching solidly, like, but I really have super strong feeling about I that mean, either. Look, I'll believe a Yankees and Mets trade, in 2018, when I <laughs> went and see it, when Buster only or John Hammond like tweets it out, you know, it's not because the Yankees aren't willing, it's because the Mets are petty yeah. and childish. Well, look, I've said, look, I've said this before you're the Mets, right? You're not doing anything this year, you're not going to win the World Series. Could you really afford to give DeGrom to the Yankees and ha watch DeGrom in the postseason help the Yankees win a World Series <clears> and have the Yankees? like that's like you don't do that at the Mets, you don't even leave that open. Like, I, I do not blame them for not doing that. Like, Mets fans are already angry enough. Like, you know how what it would do to see DeGrom and Pinstripes pitching in the postseason? 
it would kill them. I mean, they saw Daryl Strawberry. If you want to know why the Mets fans are angry, it's because they have old, expensive players who are hurt and no prospects. So if the Yankees give them prospects, they'd have something to be excited about. I mean, you just you just have to, like, you know, I'm just talking about, like, the Mets fans, you know, and I think Mets ownership. I mean, who knows, though? The Mets ownership does dumb shit all the time. So who who knows? But I mean, like, yeah, signing I mean, Jay, uh, Jay, uh, Jay Bruce this offseason when they had yeah. nothing else going for them? Yep, that's I mean, that's $30 million a year <laughs> to be your first baseman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the trade deadline less than two weeks. We'll, we're going to be finding out the answer on who the Yanks are and aren't going to get. But, you know, let's just end the show with, you know, some division talk and some of our, each of our bold predictions for the second half. Um, I'm just going to put it simple. You guys, we're going to catch the Red Sox. Yes. I want to say that now. Let me let me just say that. Let me just say this: Why I think I agree with Max. I know it's four and a half games. I know that's you know decent deficit. We we have three more games to play than the Red Sox. That's a big deal. That is that's a, one and a half game. I mean, look, when you're such a great team like the Yankees are, you got to think those three games, those three more games, you're going to play the Red Sox. You're probably going to win two of them, right? And that's a big advantage. I think that's going to really play a factor. You know, all these effing postponements the Yankees had in the first half. It seems like we've had four or five fewer games played than the Red Sox all season. And, you know, we still have a few series left against them. We've played pretty well. We've been pretty even. Um, the Red Sox are just ridiculously hot right now. I, I know they're going to cool off. Our schedule is much easier than theirs in the second half. I think it's going to come down right to the wire, but I think we're going to clip the division. I really do. Uh, let me play you devil's advocate for a second. Um, you said we have three more games than the Red Sox. If you no, expect more. us to win two out of those three, that's only a half game gain. Um, so that puts us at four back. Uh, I don't think they catch the Red Sox unless they make a significant starting pitching upgrade. Um, like I said, this team is built to win in the postseason. They can score runs. They have a dominant back end of the bullpen. 25, 80 games, whatever there is. Um, you cannot chase down the Red Sox throwing out Sonny Gray and Domingo Herman a combined, what, 16, yeah. 18 times? Like, that, that's, that's a big no for me. Um, yeah, so I think, I think they can. I think they need to start, like I said, they need to start to lock it in and really um, and get serious here because I think if in terms of Yankees versus Red Sox, I think the Yankees – maybe not are a better team, but I think they match up really well with the Red Sox. Like, you know, um, look at like, you know, the Yankees versus David Price, you know, they kind of own David Price. Like, um, you know, they, they played well against the Red Sox and really against like the best teams in baseball um, so far this year. Um, I think there's upside, you know, you have Gary who hasn't really contributed much. You know, you have Bird who's still kind of finding his footing like, I think the offense can go to another level and start to really, you know, they play a lot of bad teams. If they beat up on those bad teams like the Red Sox do every night, you know, they'll be right there. And I think, you know, whatever games left they have against the Red Sox, they match up well against the Red Sox. And I think, you know, if they win the games that they're quote unquote, like supposed to win, I think they really could, they could make a run at the division. Yeah, I, I you got I'm, yeah. Nope. 
I think that's the biggest thing. I... Well, Max is swimming in the Atlantic Ocean, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're getting him. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just, I just want to get a chance. But let's end the show with our bold prediction for the second half. And I'll start. Thought a lot about this. I think Giancarlo Stanton finishes with 50 home runs. I think okay. I think he's going to get very hot. I think he's going to have another, you know, 12-plus home run month. I think he's going to finish the year with 50 home runs. Okay. Uh, Matt, what do you got? I'm still thinking. Oh, I'm still thinking. Okay. Um, uh, you know what? Let, yeah. let me just – I don't know how much conviction I have behind this, but I'm going to say that Aaron Hicks finishes the season with a six or greater war. And that may seem like a bit of a stretch. He's at 2.7 right now, though, so not far off the pace. Uh, I think his bat's going to continue to stay hot. Uh, He'll play great center field. And, I mean, with production like that, he's the second best center fielder in the American League behind only Mike Trout. Um, so that's what I'm going to say. Maybe a little aggressive, but 6.0 war for Aaron Hicks at the end of the year. I think Greg Bird is going to out-homer Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I really can't come up with something. I don't know. I mean, the 50 home runs thing by John Carlos is pretty good. Um, I'd say I'm trying to come up with something about Greg Bird since he's really the only person we haven't seen much of. Um but I mean, I think, like, I think overall the offense is just going to start to really, really get hot here. So it's not really a bold prediction, considering the talent they have. Um, but I think coming out of the break here, first of all, I'd love to see, you know, Judge and, um, you know, John Carlo and Gary hit back to back to back, considering that no one is really performed consistently well hitting between any of them. But I think those three should hit back to back to back. And I think the offense is just going to get like ridiculously hot coming out of here, out of the break. Absolutely. 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 Um, well, that's our show. I'm going to assume that Max is still having his internet issues. Um, he, but he we're hear gonna, that, uh, we hear Max now. We hear him now. Oh, look at that. Party Max thoughts. Got, Max got to uh, upgrade that internet, but maybe uh, yeah, we're just internet. yeah. I'm gonna go to my own computer next time, not my laptop. Um, uh, my bold prediction kind of goes off for the division race. I not only think we're gonna catch Boston, I, I'm gonna say that we're at least gonna have it wrapped up by the last division series. I don't think Boston wow. can keep playing this good baseball. It's a 113 win pace. There's no way they're gonna keep up with that. I think that the Yankees aren't even close to as good as baseball as they could be playing. That's my bold prediction. 